Hey guys, and welcome to the Three Drinks In podcast, episode number 248. I am your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Hey. There he is. In this episode, we're doing another Shaken Not Stirred, talking about License to Kill. But before we get started, we want to ask you to please subscribe to the podcasts on Apple's uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts. This gets repetitive. Spotify or wherever you listen. Um, we're also on Google Podcasts, I believe. Please make sure to leave a five-star rating or even a review. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 3 Pod. You can like us on Facebook. You can email us at 3 at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out the merchandise store over at tpublic.com for all your 3 in Podcast merchandising needs. Whatever they may be. You should have many of them. Yeah. <laughs> Cell phone cases and uh, onesies, the obvious T-shirt. You know, for those of you with new iPhones, it's a big time of year with the new iPhones. You get a new case. Are there new iPhones out now? Yeah, yeah. It's like every fall now. It's like every like it used to be like every couple of years. Like, oh, we're getting a new phone. Now it's like like clockwork. Every single I got it. It's, it's right here. Mm. So, yeah. Like, well, right, right nice. after I, I ordered it, my phone began to totally crap the bed. They must know. They must. <laughs> they must plan that stuff. Well, they got in trouble a couple of years ago for like screwing up battery life, and like they got sued, and I think they either settled or they lost. But it was like a major hit. They were like, "Yeah, no, we did that." Uh, yeah. Sorry. I mean, I mean, meanwhile, I've been using my phone. My phones were lasting so long that there was no value for trading. <laughs> they were so out of date. They're like, we can't give you any money for this. Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> just throwing it in the river would be as useful. <laughs> I was like, all right. I mean, they were working fine. There was no reason to trade them in. So yeah, no, but like this one, you know, it was a lot of money. But like, I traded in my old phone for eight hundred dollars. So uh, yeah. like, it made it made it kind of like it was like ten bucks a month for this one. Like, I got, I got ten bucks. <laughs> That's not like an unreasonable amount of money. This you one's know. on me. <laughs> I remember years ago, like you couldn't finance anything like this. They didn't. They wanted you, they wanted all the cash up front, and so it was trying to figure out figure out how to get a deal on these things. Um, you know, because you're paying like four hundred bucks, right? Like right up front. Like now, it's yeah. I pay way way less than that for this phone, and this phone is way better than the phone I paid four hundred bucks for fifteen years ago. Oh well, yeah, fifteen years ago. My God, yeah. The 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 Droid X Max had like super long battery life. It couldn't do much of anything else. What was fifteen years ago? I don't remember. What year was that? I don't. (laughs) What year is it now? Well, let's take twenty two and subtract fifteen. Yeah, no, it's like two thousand and seven. Denominator, <laughs> 2007. I mean, I had a, I think I had a razor. 
Oh, I never had a razor. I always wanted a razor. They were cool. There's a great they YouTube cool. channel <laughs> called um, uh, Mr. Moto, and he does a lot of like reviews of of current topics. But he has he has this this series of videos called When Phones Were Fun, and he goes back and looks at all these old phones that you know we had grow new people who who had growing up, like the Matrix phone when that came out for the sequel. Oh, yeah. And like you know, and he 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 goes and like finds these things on eBay, and turns them on and puts in a SIM card. Sometimes they work. Sometimes the battery is so old that it leaked out and it doesn't work anymore. But they're they're really interesting because it's, it's like you you kind of look at everything that they make now, and everything is pretty much exactly the same. There's pros and cons to you know a, a Samsung versus an iPhone, but they. Design-wise, they pretty much look exactly the same. Phones back then, like you know, there was much more personality design. You know, got that went into design. Like, so you were, you know, you had seventeen different, you know, phones in your lineup, and they all kind of did different things because the market was so fragmented. Like, you know, little kids wanted phones, and adults wanted phones for business, and so. You know, you wanted to have a plethora of things. Now, one phone does so many things that it doesn't need to look any different or operate much differently. It just needs to, you know, there's a few gaming phones that function like this, but that isn't what what, what people want anymore. So it's just a completely different market. But back then, it was fun, you know, like the flippy thing and the super thin thing. And I mean, it took nine hours to make a text message, but yeah. people weren't texting back then. Like no, a text was like oh, a rare occasion. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a very. We didn't charge for text at the time, too. Yeah, oh yeah, it was like five you cents know. a a message. Yeah. The the one thing you 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 are seeing now, which is really more like a, you know, proof of concept thing, is a folding phone. A yeah, phone where back. like it literally bends in half. <laughs> yeah, but like the screen bends in half. Yeah. And pretty weird. They have problems with them, like. The water resistance is pretty good, but like once you're like once you're bending the screen, the dust gets in there and it has all kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. And they're also like twice as much money, so like they're about two grand a phone. Like they're mm-hmm. cool, but they're just like this is impractical for most people who's just, who's got two two grand to spend on a phone like this. It just seems kind of stupid. But eventually, it might get cooler. You might see more fun things like that. You know who didn't have a cell phone? James, James Bond, Bond did not have a cell phone. <laughs> James Bond didn't have a cell phone this time. Yeah, he didn't have much of anything this no. time in terms of like gadgets and stuff. He, he had the uh, the plastic explosive inside the toothpaste, and this, and then the which was a gag, lighter. which was a gag in an Austin Powers film. Oh, was it? Like, wasn't? Didn't they give him the t- like? Oh, they gave it to him, and he thought it was plastic explosive, and they were like, "No, it's for your bad teeth." So. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a movie. <laughs> that was a movie. So, License to Kill. Yeah, you. you this is the last James Bond movie I had to watch. Yeah, I've, I, now, I was, I've now seen them all. I was just gonna say, like, you know, like after we finished, well, I, I don't know, I don't know if we didn't begin it at the same time. We were texting each other during it and then when it was over I was like getting ready to go to bed and you you, you sent that he's like I've seen them all now I'm like oh my god so have I like yeah we're done we've we've finished it we've you know and like well we're we're, we're gonna cover the the Brosden ones because that's like at least for me it's like my sweet spot 
I was like, well, yeah, you know, we should keep, I, we should go to the bronze ones. Yeah. But, but now I've seen them all. So like actually, all those afternoons of the superstation, I finally caught up. Actually, you know what our last one has to be, I think, is actually Quantum of Solace. Because I think the first Bond movie that we did a podcast on was, um, maybe Skyfall? it wasn't. Was it Scott? No. Or, no, we didn't do it. So it was, it was the... Uh, what was after that? Uh, what the hell? Oh God, I remember watching it. We we got we got those fancy Spectre. tickets. Spectre, yeah, it was Spectre. That's right. We got those fancy tickets because I have that fancy watch, and they were like, "Hey, you want a free ticket to the movie before it comes out?" And we we're like, "Yeah." We were like, went to like New Jersey and some kind of like weird yeah, side nice. of the it turnpike. It was a gorgeous theater, but like, <laughs> we were you know, parking structure next to Elizabeth, New Jersey. We're like, where the hell are we? It was middle of the night. Yeah, that that was a little. It was that was a little dodgy. But. I mean, maybe during the day we would have gone. Oh, we're here, but like we we, we had never been there before. We we came at night to some kind of like a a random fancy theater, and this is like back when they didn't have a lot of places had that kind of seating, that reclining yeah. chair thing. So, um, but all right, so it'll be Skyfall. So we have to do the Brosnans, and then the first three Daniel Craigs, and One then we Brosnans can put it to bed. Three more Daniel Craigs. <laughs> We and then by that point, they'll have cast the new guy. So by then, you know, it should be another 15 years. Who knows what the phones will look like then? I was going to say. But, um, all right. So, so License to Kill. License to Kill. Do you know why he left before we get it? Like, like this was this was his last. He only, he only did two. Yeah. Why he was going to do three. He was going to do a third um, one. They were having trouble with the rights. Uh, who owned what? Because they eventually they split. Like people who owned like certain characters here were still complaining about like the story rights. The rights were all tangled up with different places. There yeah, was, it was big... there was one big yeah with like Thunderball. There was a big right. Like so that's I... what they went off and made the other one with Connery. Right. Never say never again. Yeah. Which is kind of like a remake. And like there's a whole like the guys that. What's his name? Matt Gorley, who is now like a podcast producer as a job. So for him, a podcast is a job. He's okay. he's Conan O'Brien's uh, producer. Uh, well, um, and I knew him from the James Bonding podcast with Matt Myra, who worked with Chris Hardwick on the on the Nerdist podcast, sort of the er pop culture podcast. And um, so there, they they knew everything about this. Whenever I talk about James Bond, I always feel like I. I have no qualifications whatsoever because I don't really know that much about all the. We don't know what we're doing. Like, like we could review the movie that we saw, but I, I, I don't, I don't feel as qualified to talk about all of the machinations that went into the productions because there's like there's so much that goes into making these movies and this and keeping this franchise going. I mean, there's I don't know how, how many shocking. documentaries that are just about. <laughs> what's that? Just shocking. Considering the quality of some of these films, yeah, you know, it's just like really we're we we want to keep talking about like, and then here we are, but like you know, like they made a bunch of documentaries about the franchise, about even there's there's just one about George Lazenby, and like the hilarious story that was this you know unbelievably you know brazen Australian that decided to like fake his way and get cast as James Bond. And then like, oh wait, no, I didn't mean to really do that. And then he's just kind of like, 
grew a beard and pissed everybody off, and then that was that. Yeah. So so this one took the rights and the the corporate mergers and everything was taking very long. And I think it took five or six years or whatever it did. And like they kept pushing back the film. And by the time they were like, you know, Tim, by the time we end up doing this movie, it's going to be a while from now. And he was like, okay, well then I don't want to do it anymore. Cause I don't want to wait, you know? And like, it's a physically demanding role and the older you are, the harder it is. So he kind of just walked away and was like, well, if you can't get your crap together, then I'm not going to stick around. So he, he left, you know, on fairly good terms. They didn't really care. They were yeah, just going to find someone else, but he was like, I, I can't wait that long. Like I'm, I'm young now. <laughs> so yeah. And the like, films weren't doing well either. His, his were not considered to be like particularly great. So why keep saddling yourself with these difficult to make movies that no one really is enjoying? You know, yeah, I get that. No, that's that makes perfect sense. So we only did two. Yeah, yeah. I can't like what, what was the Living Daylights was the one before. Living Daylights. Yeah, I, they're very unmemorable. Like, uh, what's his name? Um, R- Roger Moore's became sort of a blur. And like there were bits of them that were really memorable because like you know the jumping uh, rather skiing off the side of the cliff and then opening up with the Union Jack on the parachute and you know yeah. there's a lot of stuff about his you know his his appearance you know the 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 Southern Sheriff what was his name J W Pepper J W Pepper I could like is it Pickett no it's not Pickett it's Pepper yeah. So like that, and some of the gadgets got really kind of goofy then. So like that was really quite memorable. But these last couple of ones, like there's sort of nothing to them. And like the the, the second one with Connery uh, from Russia with Love, like that's sort of a very simple, straightforward spy movie too. There's there's not too much gadgetry going on there, but it's. It's not forgettable. Like it's still Sean Connery. It's still you know a giant Robert Shaw and him having this ridiculous fight in the train. Like there's things that you recall about, you know, that movie. Even though for us it's been years since 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 we've seen it, but like, you know, it's a simple story. That's just not you know it's but it still kind of sticks in your head. These movies don't really like. I I struggle to recall what this was about. Like you know, it's not. You know, it's only been two days, but like it's you know, it's not been you know, it's, I'm 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 gonna forget in about a week and a half anything about it whatsoever. Yeah, maybe not Carrie Lowell, but everything else can kind of go. Yeah, well, they, these ones aren't any fun. They like we said like the last time, like they're overcorrected because the Roger Moore ones got really goofy. And, and very silly. And so they were like, all right, we want to go back to basics and have a bond who's difficult and mean and, and hard and this and that. Like, okay. And Timothy Dalton played that well. You know, I, I'm the guy who's willing to murder you straight, you know, and shove your body in a trunk and throw you into the ocean if I have to. But at the same time, they didn't let him have any fun either. So anytime there was a scene that was supposed to be like goofy or where he smiled or something, it was very sparsely you know done throughout the film and it came out really forced so you don't remember half of what's going on you know like the, the plot of the last film was really complicated and i'm 
struggling around. I remember Jodon Baker was involved somehow where they were selling weapons, but they were trying to make, you know, to buy drugs, but then we're going to sell the drugs from Afghanistan. And it was oh, yeah. Remember, Remember the bit about like, Afghanistan. oh, this is really complicated. It was okay. Yeah. That was needlessly complicated. Like it didn't, yeah, it didn't have to be that bad. And this didn't, this was actually more complicated than it needed to be, too. You know, like, yes. After a while, I'm sitting there going, Hang on, why is any of this happening? So, like, so the movie starts off, I think, with like one of the few really fun bits that um, Dalton never got to do as James Bond, which is the is like the plane bit where they, you know, like they're they're you're on you're on your way to Felix's wedding. Felix is like the emotional core of this movie. This actor has changed hands. More than James Bond, I think, in you know, and not only has he changed hands, like I can kind of forgive that because the movie's been around for forever. So like your main character is not played by the same guy as it was. So like, why would you know your ancillary characters, you know, except for Q, <laughs> you know, like yeah. who looked as old when you first met him as he does now, um, but like. It wasn't so much that Felix changed actors, but the type of actor that played Felix was very different. So, like, in the first movie, he was just the American counterpart to James Bond. He was tall. He was handsome. He wore sunglasses. He was, like, you assumed he just did the same thing but with a different accent. And then the next time I recall seeing Felix was in Goldfinger, and he was an old man. Yeah, he was an old man in that one. Yeah, like really old like this is not someone who you think would be doing field work you know he'd be back at hq crunching the numbers or whatever yeah he changed a lot except this is the only time with these movies where it's the same guy between so so this felix lighter was played by the same actor once in 1973 for a for a, a roger moore movie yeah, he was also in Live and Let Die. Okay. Which was like, I mean, he wasn't like a well-known actor, but they're like, hey, let's get the same guy from before. <laughs> they wanted him to be a little bit older. They wanted him to be uh, like like he'd been around the block a few times. That's why he was getting married. Right. So they never had the same guy play Felix until this time, and then they did it again with Jeffrey Wright. Who I know. thought was a great choice. So he was, you know, yeah, he, he was very good. Cause, cause because he, he, um, he, did, he, did, he didn't play like, you know, Bond was like a very physical guy. Jeffrey Wright's more like a an actual sneaky spy guy. Like it's not. Right. You know, it's the not problem an action with hero. Felix, the problem with Felix is that he's, like you're right, like not only is he different in every film, but like his character is different in every film. He's not the same kind of person. And like as the, as they went on, he got like goofy. I mean, all the Americans are always really goofy in these movies. But like he was not to be taken seriously because like Bond was always one step ahead of him and the other Americans. So it was like and he was the only one who would like throw up his hands and be like, it's James Bond. He's always a step ahead. So let's let him do what he wants to do. But like they certainly like the fact that they were friends always felt stupid to me because like Bond wouldn't hang out with such a loser. (laughs) I know. 
Like, that's like why I'm a bit of a loser. <laughs> like that's why I really enjoyed the dynamic of Jodan Baker uh, and Pierce Brosnan. In that, like, you know, the, I mean, he was only in two of those movies, but um, you know, he he was a very different character from James Bond, even though they kind of had the same job in a, in a way. But like, you know, you 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 wouldn't think of uh, what, what, what I can't think of that character's name now. Um, that, uh, Wade. Wade. Yeah, like. You know, he was there, he was a man in the field, but he wasn't running down anything. He wasn't swinging, you know, from his belt on an iron bar over a exploding library. You know, like that that wasn't him. But that's what most, you know, central central um it, bleh, central intelligence guys are. They're just guys. They're spies are not James Bond. James Bond is a different thing. And so like having him kind of like roll his eyes at all the passwords and just like just get in the car kind of a thing like it was it was yeah. a dynamic that was interesting he provided a foil for for uh, for bond but he was also like not useless like here that's where the bad guy is if you want to talk to the bad guy you, you go there he re- comes around in the next one with like the the halo jumpsuit for him to 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 jump into the north korea or or, or wherever and um but it was consistent. He played the same character in both movies. Here, it's just like, all right, well, here's this long-standing friendship, and they didn't seem to have any interest in thinking of this, which is bizarre because you're gonna make they're making all all, the, all, all these movies. You should at least find a niche and or find a path with the character and stick to it. But they just never did that, and I never quite figured out why. Like, I guess with Doctor No, they didn't know they'd be making a whole bunch more. After a while, you're like, well, we're on a roll here. Let's... Yeah, I think he was always just a plot device. And I'm like, eh, let's just throw Felix in there. <laughs> yeah, like he was. He was we just he was need also one more in, guy. The old guy was also in that one with, um, like, all the voodoo and stuff that I can't think of the name of that one. Um, oh, uh, is that Live and Let Die or The Living Daylights? No, no. Sure. Live and Let Die, right? Yeah. Okay. But like he shows up there too, and like they're moving the like the body of the gangster or something like that. I don't know. Like, that one at least makes sense because it takes place in like you know the Western Hemisphere. Yeah, no, he's in America. It makes sense. But like, yeah. the, but the the same actor was there too. The whole point of this is to say like, this is the emotional like jumping point for this movie is that you meet the characters. They're on the way to Felix's wedding. And the next thing you know, they get a call from, or not a call, but like the helicopter swings by and says, Sanchez is in the area. And they went, oh my God, everything goes on hold. We have to go get Sanchez. And so like James Bond, some random guy that owns a fishing charter you've never heard of in your life is also in the back of this Rolls Royce heading to Felix's wedding. And they leave him there and they go to get Sanchez. And they are, they are semi-successful at getting Sanchez and they... You know, they they arrest him. They have some kind of uh, funny hijinks with the plane and a helicopter and the whole thing. And then shortly after that, within like, I don't know, two hours, Sanchez has escaped from prison uh, or from uh, from custody. And they go and he starts killing everybody. Like he finds Felix's wife and he kills her. And like they, they get them in the in the honeymoon suite. And then... I thought that they killed Felix. 
And I think I thought that because years ago when you when we were talking about doing these, and you're like, you know, that you said, oh, I'm curious to get to the ones with Timothy Dalton because, you know, in that License to Kill, it was, it was like rated R, and he kind of goes berserk, and he, you know, because they kill Felix. Turns out it wasn't rated R, and Felix isn't actually dead. You were so young then. I know. <laughs> But how much better would it have been if it had been rated R and they actually killed Felix? And didn't you also think that they killed Felix when they held him over the pit of sharks? He, well, when he got his leg bit off, I thought that he was dead. They cut, yeah, leg was off, Cause they, right? Because they show his leg get cut off. And I was like, wow, okay, we're showing this now. And yeah. then he, you know, Bond opens up the, the body bag and he's like still breathing and they take him to the hospital. Yeah, was that like, was. Oh, so- he's alive. <laughs> So yeah, Bond finds his dead wife on the bed in their honeymoon. Like he, like he, like he, he hears it over the, uh, over the TV at the airport. No, she, his flight attendant, the woman at the ticket counter, tells him. Oh right, he's like, why is it so busy at the airport? Oh, some giant drug lord escaped custody, and he just like runs out of the, out yeah. of the airport. And like, I was like, wasn't she also working? How did she know that? Or whatever. And so like. I mean, I'm just trying to get my head around the timeline that starts this movie is that he gets married in like it's the middle of the day when they when they parachute themselves on onto the front steps of the church. Then they go to the party and they go to the and then like that night is like their first night together because Felix is still in his tuxedo. He gets kidnapped by the drug dealer who kills his wife and he has a shark bite his leg off and then bond you know says good night to them before he gets kit before felix gets kidnapped goes back to his hotel room goes to bed wakes up gets on his plane and is you know is about to bore when they say oh no it's it's busy cuz some drug some drug lord escaped and he's like oh no that's got to be my my drug lord from yesterday <laughs> must and, be yeah, must be my drug lord <laughs> By the time he gets back to Felix's hotel, after Felix's leg has been bitten off by a shark, he finds a dead Mrs. Felix, and he's still breathing and like kind of woozy Felix, who didn't bleed to death when his, you know, whatever the hell that artery in your, in your leg that was clearly severed, he's hanging on hanging on there like he's not but like okay like what and then so that that's that's the that's what happened right that's what happens okay i like how economical they are where they're like we we need to kill his wife and they just like strangle her to death and then with with felix they have to dangle him over a shark tank (laughs) why would you bring him all the way over there like this is taking a long time (laughs) They didn't ask him any questions, or it wasn't like we're going to torture you for information, which they could have done. No, they're just making him suffer. Okay, fair enough. And so, and then it's just like a it's a it becomes a revenge story, and kind of has sort of the plot of every current James Bond, which is he just he goes rogue and is on his own kind of a thing, which became a a, a staple of the um, Daniel Craig movies. That's what he kind of always did. Yeah, mission, the Mission Impossible movies with Tom Cruise do that as well, and it it's always just adds an extra layer of pressure on a character because now he can't use his home base and it, 
He doesn't have any friends and he doesn't have any supplies, but it never really pans out. You know, even in this one where it's like he has all the access to money that he needs. They talk about it, but he has all the money he needs. And all the people who know him help him out anyway. You know, like Q, who can barely get out of a car without a cane at this point, (laughs) is suddenly there in you know, magic Hispanic land where everyone's a drug dealer. And like, like no one notices this sweet old man from Britain, like kind of money, penny. Yeah. Like there's no problem to him going rogue in this movie. Just like as there is in so many other movies. So, and it happens in that really kind of clumsy way that movies were made in the 1980s. It was just kind of like, um, you know, Bond is like, I, you know, I have to go, you know, avenge my friend. They try to kill him. And they're like, oh, the Americans will take care of it. No, they won't. Okay. And then, like, the conversation stops. And then he just decides to go rogue. And, you know, Emma's all the way, you know, in Florida where, or, where, you know, wherever they are. And, like, they have the shortest conversation possible about the, which contains the biggest stakes of his career. And, he just j- runs away and somehow makes his way and finds all the things he needs to find. Like it just, you know, there was no there was no time taken with that pro- that that part of it, and they just kind of threw the whole thing together. It was very yeah. slapdash. But that's the whole movie. The whole plot of the movie is then he has to get revenge on uh, Sanchez, the Hispanic or Latino drug do- drug lord who lives down south for doing this and they make a good point because he complains about the americans like not doing it and the americans are like he's out of our jurisdiction at that point he's literally escaped to another country that won't extradite him because he's basically running it with drug money and it's like you, you can't get people like that unless you just assassinate them which is what he ends up trying to do so like i get that it's really frustrating but you know but <laughs> James, Booby, I feel bad for you. I do. Yeah. And they say, like, we're revoking your license to kill, which is not the same as, like, saying you're out of the organization. We're just saying that you're not allowed to kill anybody while you're on leave, (laughs) which kind of gets lost. But I think that's a big distinction. Yeah. (laughs) Because that was supposed to be, like, the weird thing about James Bond. You know, we say everybody says it's so so nonchalantly now like oh 007 he's got a license to kill a license to kill people like the, <laughs> one of the biggest laws we've had in 5000 years of history you're not supposed to kill other people and yet not only do we let him do it we printed and laminated a card that says he's allowed to do this <laughs> so they take it away from him and like he kills people in really gruesome ways in this movie and i was like I don't know if he should be doing this, but I mean, the guy was a bit of a goof and his wife was obviously trying to bone him. <laughs> yeah. That I couldn't get up for us. That was just sort of like how silly that was. So she married the old guy, huh? And clear that she wants just to get right into his pants. And she like kept kissing him on the mouth. She's like, that's what best men are allowed to do on their, on the bride's wedding day. And I'm like, they are. <laughs> How come I never was told this? Yeah, two, the two of us serve as each other's best men at our own weddings, and uh, it's like I, I don't. I wouldn't that. say that I read all the wedding planning books, but yeah, 
I skimmed a few of them. This was not a perk mentioned to me. Hmm. So, all right, then. Fine with that being a missed opportunity, but like, yeah, like I'm not mad about it. I'm just no, no, it's fine. (laughs) Where was I when they read that part? That comes right right before you know. If if anybody here has any objections, why these two shouldn't be wed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And within that thirty second span where they pause, they're like they let they let the best man go nuts. <laughs> but so then, then the rest of the movie just sort of it 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 kind of gets complicated for no reason. Like I kind of see like he shows up at the. At the, the the country of Isthmus, which is like, wait, what? Like, or the city of Isthmus, Isthmus City, whatever it's called. It's Panama, right? He's in Panama. Right. Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be, you know, Central America or something. Yeah, it's, you know, which Panama used to be Colombia, and Colombia has a, a, a massive drug organization, or rather, infrastructure for the manufacturing of cocaine. Um. And so he, there's a little bit of like he's got to establish himself as like a former agent to get close to the guy. But then there was all this stuff about the Japanese businessman that all had, like I I kind of didn't see the point of that. Like I get it like he's trying to run a you know, a drug business. Fair enough, but like it it, it went a little bit too much into all that that really wasn't quite necessary and it very much a product of its time too, because if like you know the late eighties, early nineties, you know the uh, somewhat ominous or you know occasionally nefarious Japanese businessman presence was a big deal. You know, think yeah. Rising Sun with Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes, and like that was like the thing we were all afraid of the Japanese. Well, they were saying that they were having trouble because they said you know it's nineteen eighty nine by this point the USSR is slowly collapsing so like no one was really afraid of them like they were in like the 60s so they were having trouble coming up with villains you know which is kind of why the last one with roger moore it was like silicon valley like what's something that's spooking people in america right now and we will make a villain about that and they did this weird i mean this guy he was just basically a a drug kingpin who ran the country because he made so much money. Yeah, it was like a stand-in for um, like a Pablo Escobar kind of a guy. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was odd that they added like the weird Bond twist, where because in the beginning of the movie it's just bricks and bricks of cocaine, <laughs> <laughs> cocaine everywhere, and Bond is perfectly happy destroying it and whatever. But at the end, there's like the scientific thing where they put it in the gasoline. And they have a chemical way of re- separating the gasoline purely from the cocaine so that you can smuggle it without anybody noticing that it's in the gasoline. You know, and they like sit there and explain it to the Japanese businessmen and everything. And you're sitting here like, well, this is really something. Like, <laughs> th- th- this is this is next level stuff. Like, why add that in there? I don't know. Well, they, I guess they felt it had to be appropriately bondy or something. Yeah, I mean, this is sort of to have seen with a lab in it. I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it's sort of their thing. Like if if the if the good guy is somewhat supernatural, or at least he has access to stuff that gives him a significant edge, then the bad guy has to be doing something that's 
you know, really kind of over the top. So, like, I, I think you're right about, like, you know, for a long time, Americans were just, and the British too, were afraid of the USSR. And so it was a good stand-in, you know, for the bad guy. Even when, like, Bond wasn't fighting um, KGB guys, he was fighting other guys like Spectre who were, like, you know, basically they took the worst guys from Russia and made them Spectre agents and then, you know, throwing a couple of, you know, double agents from the from, from the West in there too and you have a a bona fide criminal organization. And then as that faded away in the zeitgeist, then you needed to supplant that with something else. Well, the drug war was heating up in the 80s for sure and the, the you know, we were all afraid of the Japanese taking over the world again because they were so good at building everything and, you know, buying everything because they were so wealthy. Um... And then, you know, the Brosnan ones, you, you know, there was a little bit of like the Cold War remnant stuff. Well, the war's really over now. We have to figure out like what our purpose is. And then when you get to, you know, Daniel Craig, the first movie starts off pretty basic. You know, it's just, they're just terrorists and they're he's moving money around. It's a much more sort of down-to-earth story, just done really, really well. But shortly after that, it kind of gets ridiculous again, you know, in... Like, in you know, in Skyfall, things go, you know, it just takes the same idea but makes it bigger. And then by 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 the, by the time you're Inspector, it's like big data is the is the new thing that everyone's terrified of, and all this. And then at the end, you know, it's genetic engineering. So like, it's just think of everyone's biggest fears, and that becomes the thing that they begin to manipulate. And it's probably not really necessary because the Best or second best of the of the of, of these whole of these whole series is Casino Royale, and there isn't any of that in there. It's just a bunch of about a bunch of terrorists and drug dealers running around and well, causing it, mayhem. It should, it should fit the 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 tone of the rest of the story, right? So, like in this one, it just seems so tacked on. Like everything else is so realistic, and that it that like oh you know here's the magic process where we can smuggle cocaine. I'm like, well, this is really weird. But like in a movie like Goldfinger, where he's like hiding the gold in like cars and melting them down and smuggling the gold that way, that's fine because he also has a giant laser that he straps a guy to and tries to like slice him in half. So like it fit perfectly well with with how, you know, not silly, but how off the rest of the film is in terms of the fantastical. So. Yeah, it's like I mean, this it, one was, you know, this pretty basic, realistic kind of thing. I'm trying to stop this drug lord. That's all. Yeah, it's not over the top, and it doesn't really need to be. But they, I guess, they had to justify it being a James Bond movie, and so they said, like, it's got to have something in it you wouldn't yeah. expect. And that ended up having, like, you know, <laughs> that meant they could put ninjas in there. Like it, it's just like I know what we what we can do. We can do we can do ninjas. Right. And so and went, like he like. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we have two? Because <laughs> there were two of them. The I also like how he starts ineffectual a ninjas the, of all time too. He starts a fire in the lab, and the whole lab blows up after ten minutes. <laughs> it's like no one had a fire extinguisher. I, I just, yeah, it wasn't a big fire. I mean, like I get, you know, I'm sure the building code wasn't observed entirely, you know, in in the construction of this super secret laboratory where they turned gasoline into money. Yeah, Wait a minute! I have another way of doing that. Why don't we just sell gasoline? <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, um, so this is kind of a stupid movie. Like it's not. <laughs> I was gonna say. So what did you think of the movie? It's like <laughs> we spent the last twenty minutes just trying to figure out the plot because it was most of it wildly unnecessary or just downright confusing. You know, like, why is Felix still alive? Why is he not dead? Like, he's well, by the end of the movie, he's like on the phone, like, no problem oh, well, at don't, all. Don't get me started on the end of the movie. <laughs> How can we end this movie in six minutes or less? <laughs> you know, and what's annoying about that is like, he's once again like, it's a glorious dumb. three hour finale. Uh, <laughs> You've got a minute and a half. Yeah. <laughs> you got the dumb, goofy Felix where he's like, Sitting in bed, smiling, like, well, it looks like I'll be out of here by the end of the day. I better get my jello in before I leave. Like, your wife just died. Yeah. What is wrong with you? You only have one leg now. We're all acting like everything's fine. Like, oh. Well, we caught the bad guy. Everything's back to normal again. This yeah, is not an episode fine. of Three's Company, everybody. I mean. I... <laughs> so, I didn't. I didn't hate it. It just didn't feel like a James Bond movie. Yeah. It, where, where was the fun in this one? Like the subject matter was already pretty grim. It's a mission of revenge and it wasn't complicated. Although the editing was behind the beginning. It was just like a slog to get through because it, it was like you were texting me at first. You're like, this movie really, really moves. And like all those scenes are cut together and it's quick. Like, okay, you know, she dies. Felix is hurt. Got to get revenge. Oh, I'm disavowed. And then the ne- uh, that's 40 minutes or so. And the next hour and 22 minutes are just watching him try to murder this man and getting nowhere fast. Yeah. Which he I, comments on. He says, like, it's hard to get close to him. It's, you know, he's well protected. He's got goons and guns. And I was like, yes, but you're James freaking Bond. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would have appreciated... You know, uh, this did not call for the sort of standard, you know, suave guy walks into a casino and like, you know, sometimes that works. But like, you know, in, in, in Casino Royale, that makes sense. Like they set up the whole thing. He plays poker. This is how we're going to get close to him, to kidnap him, to get him to tell us about about his client. So you you'll play poker and pretend to do this. There's no reason for there to be a casino in this movie. It just doesn't have to be there. It's like I think but he was it, trying to get his attention or something, right? Right, but why? Why was he trying to saddle up to him? He was close to him so many times. He was in his fucking house for Christ's sakes. Like, you know, like access to the bad guy was not a problem after a while. But he was playing, you know, like there was the whole thing where, you know, he's having a conversation with the guy he's trying to kill. They're in the same room. Why didn't he just kill him? That's the whole point. And then Bond leaves. I think the hope hope was to get out of there alive as well. (laughs) It wasn't a suicide mission. Well, it's... it's, Then then it's not a revenge story yet. Like, Or that's got to be also expressly done too like there's other other things like that with ethan hunt like you know but the whole you know that character it's like he's he wants to kill the guy but he also is conflicted there wasn't any discussion of well i'd love to kill him straight out but we have to make sure we also sabotage the 
you know, the the operation of the... He doesn't really care about that. And it would be stupid if he did, too. Like, you know, he is a drug dealer, but he's not a super drug dealer. As far as he knows, he's just a regular old kingpin. And so he was never quite sure how serious he was about this whole re- re- revenge plot thing because he just didn't do any murdering. He did a lot of running around and trying to murder him cleverly, failing at that, and then, you know, getting close enough to the guy through various interesting means, but then not actually doing the thing. Like, why wouldn't he ha- He have been able to escape? He's James Bond. Like he, So, like, he seems... You know, fairly fairly impotent after the first hour or so of the movie where like he you know appears fairly competent and all of a sudden he's like right next to the guy and he can't figure out a way to kill him and one other guy two guys is hard for him to do like it just seemed really stupid so like you know the whole I guess that's that's why i didn't feel like a bond movie well it it you know? but it was literally trying to be a bond movie and it had the exact opposite effect. Like, you're right, it didn't feel like a bomb movie because he just was meandering around not being terribly effective at what he was, what he said his objective was. But the reason he wasn't being effective was because the scriptwriter was like, no, he can't just kill the guy. He has to sabotage the entire operation. There has to be a big explosion at the end with all kinds of things. Like, we got a James Bond to fire up this, you know, simple revenge story. And in doing that, it made him, you know, kind of an impotent character, and he couldn't, you know, took him forever to do the thing that, you know, you think yeah, they, and the, that Craig could do in it like four seconds. Like I hesitate to try to fix these things because it has such a ripple effect. But if you wanted to do it that way, you could just say he goes there to kill this guy, and then he realizes the extent like that, that thing with the gasoline comes in at the very, very end, you know, and it, and it causes bond to like blow up his lab and all that stuff. If you had learned that earlier and was like, Oh my God, this guy's worse than anyone ever thought. We, we got to do something about this. It's, it's more than just revenge now. And he like kind of learns to put his pride aside and do something. Oh yeah. That no, would have been different. It No, he, here's, here's what you do. Cause I don't like doing this either, but, Fucking here we go. <laughs> you find out. So Felix gets the gets the word. You know, forget the wedding day. He 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 gets the word that so and so is in town, and he goes to his superiors, and they won't let him go get him. He's he's feels like you know, boss. You know, Sanchez is the most banal fucking Spanish name ever. Too Sanchez. He couldn't come up with something. You know, Pablo Escobar is a cool name. Sanchez. I thought the guy was. I thought he was good, though. He was good. He, he the, the, you know, the, the actor was fine, but just the name and stuff. And they go, uh, Felix, you better forget about this one. Don't worry about. It. We'll, we'll, we'll send someone. You, you go off, and, and then you get married. And then he, and then he, then he goes to Bond. And says Bond, you got to help me out. They're not taking me seriously, and this guy's a big deal. And Bond goes, why? He goes, no time to explain. We gotta go get him. And they go get him, and. I don't know if you want to make it the same thing where he gets caught and then gets, you know, or Felix just dies in the effort to do that. Forget the whole killed on his wedding night thing. What if they just kill Felix in the, you know, as him and Bond go go after these guys on their own? 
And then Bond goes to the Americans and says, okay, well, you know, Felix is dead. And, and they went, well, we never told him to do that. We told him not to do that. And so not only are we not going to avenge his death, but we're going, we're, we're going to um, arrest you because you violated some kind of a thing that you weren't supposed to do this, you know, in, in this country. And then Bond has to escape the Americans, who are, of course, are corrupt and in bed with, uh, with Sanchez. And then he, then he goes after Sanchez to figure out what's going on. And like Bond as detective, which is something that they don't do enough, because is what makes spy work interesting, is learning things you didn't know at the beginning of the movie. And in trying to go take revenge on Sanchez and learn what's happening, he discovers that he's got some big nefarious plans, and he's in league with guys at the CIA, and, he, and Bond brings down the whole shebang as part of a way to get back, you know, at them for Felix. Sure. That's your movie. That's not hard. I, liter- I literally thought of that right now. I'm sitting here. It's 9.30 at night. I have a head cold. I have to go to work tomorrow, and I just fixed a 25-year-old movie. 30-year-old movie. Earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So like, yeah, no, I mean this 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 isn't that hard, <laughs> you know. Well, all the money in the world, you, they didn't that. do that. <laughs> no, they didn't. And it was just dumb, and and it's yeah. I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't hate yeah. it. it Not the worst of them. I wasn't like, but after a while, you just kind of waiting for it to end. Like I forget, I forget what happens at the end of this movie. You're like, uh, yeah. And then there's Carrie Lowell shoved in there. Her thing, I think, was the women were really weak in this one. Yeah. She's a terrible actress. I mean, they're all terrible actresses. Mm, (laughs) Not that great. But in this one, they were both not great. Because she wasn't really necessary. No. She she was just an added added wrinkle. And, like, his girlfriend was also so poorly written. Yeah. You know, because at first you think that she's always trying to get away from him. Like the opening scene is where he goes and like picks her up from some other place where she was staying with a no, another guy. And the villain, you know, takes the guy out, murders him and brings her back after whipping her and says, I'm going home to my magical country where I run everything. <laughs> get on this boat. And I'll come for you later. And she's like upset by this, like, oh, this guy caught me. I'm going back. But then, like, she's also loyal to him, except when she meets Bond, who she immediately falls in love with. And I'm like, I thought, I thought she didn't like the guy. I thought she, you couldn't tell whose side she was on because the script couldn't tell which side. No, she was, she was so thinly written. And then, of course, I totally forgot. Teaspoon is in this. Oh yeah, Teaspoon's in this. He's great. He's great. He's great. Anthony Zerbe, who played the character of Teaspoon on the, the short-lived TV show The Young Riders, starring a uh, Mr. Stephen Baldwin, amongst others. Josh Brolin, I believe, was in that was in that show. He was. Yeah. And yeah, I know. Like we always call him Teaspoon, even though he, you know, he's been in a million things. Oh yeah, he was Admiral Darty in a Star Trek movie. He's a very prolific actor, but I just always thought that that was a, he was a great he was great in that show. That show was really dumb, you know. But yeah, it, but that's it, like, it took itself I mean, very seriously as a as like a Western drama. But he was right. so good in it. 
And I didn't even know his real name. Like, I was just call him Teaspoon. <laughs> yeah, his name was Teaspoon, which is kind of a cool name for an old codger from the, from, from the, from the Old West. It's Teaspoon. What a yeah, great name. Yeah, fit him really well. Yeah. yeah. Teaspoon. But, yeah, that's, he's part of that whole subplot where, like, Sanchez's thing is loyalty, which, which doesn't mesh well with him because he buys everyone off. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you could just intimidate everybody and say, I demand loyalty or I will throw you in a shark tank, okay. But if, like, his big thing is that he he buys everyone off. Like, he has like money is no object to him, and yet he demands absolute fealty from everybody. I'm like, well, I you know, if you're doing something thematic here, you're losing me because none of these people are actually loyal to him. He pays them all, you know? He doesn't just rule with threats and intimidation. It's all about um, buying everybody off. Except for, perhaps with the, for the young Benicio del Toro. Yes, perhaps, except for him. What yes. a good-looking guy. Very Seriously. Handsome. Very, yeah, very handsome guy. I thought. I think it was funny that he, he spoke normal. I was like, what funny accent was he going to do? I don't know, normal? Yeah. <laughs> Every other movie he's doing something weird. Something bizarre. I was just watching the the usual suspects the other day, and I remember like watching the the commentary track where they're like, "So he came to us with an idea," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I actually thought it was phenomenal. Like he just decided like he wasn't going to be intelligible at all, and I can't imagine like you know you're you know you're you're Chris McQuarrie, you're writing this movie, you're getting all these big big people to be in this movie. And uh, you got one of your lead actors lead actor say, I'd like to not be heard or understood with the words that you wrote for this character. And like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it worked for that. It didn't uh, work for like The Last Jedi. I'm going to do this stutter. Is that okay? Sure. Oh, yeah. Soon. Do what you got to do, man. That was really stupid. But then again, you know, at, <laughs> at that point, in for a penny. Yeah. So, but you know, that's he. He was fine. He was just henchman. You know, henchman number one, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the whole thing was was loyalty, which never really tracked well because it was also buying everyone off. Like the money was important. That he had so much money, he could bribe DEA officials to abandon their country for two million dollars. <laughs> Like yeah, it's a lot of money back then. Nineteen eighty nine. I guess so. Not that much. Yeah. So I was like, all right. So yeah, no, it just um, yeah. So he only had that one scene where he cracked a smile, and they felt so forced for like him and the girl are making out on the boat, and then he gets with the other girl at the end. The girl at the end, and I was like. There was one scene that really I I was really confused. The, Sanchez's girlfriend, who I actually don't know what her name is, she goes and tells the American spy, the girl, that James is in trouble. You know, he's been taken to this lab. They're gonna they don't know it's him, but you know they're gonna he's gonna get caught. And I, I love him, and you I care about what happens to him. So please do something. And she leaves. <laughs> the American girl's like, "Ugh, what a phony, what a fake." And I'm like. Is she or is she just a bad actress? I honestly can't tell what just happened in the scene. <laughs> does she care about Bond or does she want him to get caught? 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't recall that scene very much because this. Yeah, at the end, I was really kind of like, oh, let's just get this over with because this. Well, it really, was just. So, it was just so jarring. Yeah, it's just less like you know who she she went on to play though. She yeah, Katana from she Mortal was Kombat. Katana in Mortal Kombat. I was like, oh, hey, look at you, interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and you know that movie wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't great, but <laughs> <laughs> we should we should do that as a as it does this hold up. Uh, yeah, the one from the nineties. Yeah, you know? I saw that in the theaters. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I did too. Yeah, I was like, wow, wow, Mortal Kombat. Not the only guy, you know. The only actor from this movie in that one, too. Oh, no. Uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Carrie. Oh, God. What is his name? Yeah, the undercover. Uh, yeah, Hong Kong man. agent. Yeah. Just yeah. basically, what did I say? He was, you know, the, you know, the, uh, the Ken Watanabe of this era. Like, he was just this, the basic Japanese guy and everything. He was that, like, you needed a, a Japanese yeah. guy, you called this guy up because he was just in every single thing, and he was good too. Like, I don't. He he was good in this. He was good in this. He was good in the Rising Sun, which I remember he he was he was in as well. That was a big Japanese were scary movie. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's just this was not good. So, but um. Going to ask you. I was trying to think of like because I I didn't I didn't think I could talk about this movie for a full hour because I thought it was like it's kind of thin and was boring at the end and I don't know what the hell else was. I was thinking about like because there's lots of chatter now on the uh, on the TikToks about who's going to play James Bond next, and uh, I didn't know if you had any thoughts about who might or who should. I don't care. I don't care. Are, are are we caring about that? <laughs> Who should be Bond? People do. People have very, very strong opinions. Because then there's always the the whole like, oh, it should be a black guy. It's just like okay, like that would be fine. Like that, it's yeah, not whatever. But then they sure. go, uh, or a woman. And we're like, well, I don't know now. Let's. Well, that's that's a well, choice. That's different. Would you'd be telling a very different kind of story if you were doing that. I mean, yeah, because there's a certain behavior set when it comes to James Bond, and men behave differently than women, especially when they're spies. Yeah, they have they have different assets, and I don't mean physical. I mean like their their abilities are different in terms of like what they can get away with. Yeah. And not to mention, he's supposed to be a womanizing, hard drinking, ruthless kind of person. It, it's hard to see female characters doing those things exactly the same as a man would do they have different ways of doing those things so at that point it really wouldn't be the same but i mean skin color that doesn't really matter to me make them navajo for all i care (laughs) no yeah and i think they've actually by doing what they did at the end of um no time to die where they literally kill the guy um they have closed the door on on the uh, on the old James, like we're not going to be able to do this for too much longer here. Like I think the next version of this character might be sort of the end of it, and they they'll 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 want to see if they can't do it, um, with an actor of color, just because it you know it might be cool to see if you could. Like there's really not 
you know, another reason to do it other than to make money. And, you know, well, that's my, my, you know, money is, is the reason for everything, of course, and everything else is a distant second. But the question would be, you know, why do it that way? Just to check a box to make a couple of people on Twitter happy. I mean, what would be the purpose of that? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, especially I think, if the movies aren't any good, I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, I think you could, if you wanted to, make it more than a checkbox. If you gave, you know, the character an, an interesting backstory, we never get a backstory with James Bond. We, you know, the closest we got to it was when, you know. Daniel Craig shows up at the old abandoned house in Skyfall at the end and oh, Albert Finney is there and saying, here we have one gun left and it was your dad's. And we, we get the initials A-B. So his dad's first name began with an A and that was sort of it. And then you get a little bit more with like the whole fact that you know his parents died and he was raised by the, the other family. But like, you know, you don't get any of that fleshed out really. And so there are a lot of really great um actors like black british actors working right now that would i think would, would do great idris elba gets his name tossed around all the time and i uh, he's so old for this he's in his mid to late 40s well that's what i'm talking about it's because people don't people are stupid <laughs> well yeah how many black british actors do people know idris elba's one yeah, I know. But he's a grandpa compared to most of these men. I mean, you need to be young to do these sorts of stunts and and pull off the kinds of womanizing that needs to be done here. You just you're, all you do when you throw out a name like that is tell me that you don't know what you're talking about, because there's plenty of other really good actors of all col- kinds of colors that could do the job, and you throwing the same name out for the last twenty years is showing me your ignorance. So, you know, let them do it. Keep keep your opinion to yourself, I suppose. Yeah. Um, the the I, one name I, that I, don't I saw, care about Bond's backstory, but that's also just me. Well, I mean, I think it's the only avenue they have to go down, though. Like you got his whole, you know, mid to late life in the last round of movies. You saw him, you know, just you know start off as the as the double O, and then develop in that role through through various movies and then die. So that story's been told. And if you're going to keep doing this, it might behoove you to, you know, to tell that something different, like tell something different about the same guy. So, you know, if you could make him black at the same time, fine. It doesn't it's not important, but it certainly you know, it would be a choice. I think that the guy who played um the main character in Get Out, uh, Daniel K- K- Kaluuya, I think is how you say his last name. He would be a good sure. choice. The guy who's um, the lead on Bridgerton, who was really terrible in that Gray Man movie as like the evil thirty-something head of the CIA. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's at like the top of the of the lists. Uh, John Boyega is British, which I always forget. Thought he was just annoying. Um, there's a few other ones. I mean, most of the guys like I'm looking at like British actors, you know, in their 30s. Tom Holland and a bunch of other ones. They're almost all white, so you're gonna have to really, you know, look around for 
a quality a actor who white British people than black British people. Yeah. And uh, and even more, I mean, you really wanted to want to do something interesting. You make him from the subcontinent. That would be much more in line with him being a British Secret Service agent. In that, like, you know, most people of color in Great Britain are from India or Pakistan. They're not from Africa. There are certainly, you know, black um, uh, Britons whose you know, ancestors came from Africa, but a lot more from India and Pakistan. So you want to go down the, you know, the, the, you know, but then the question becomes, who are you making the films for? There are 18 people who live in England versus like the 300 million that, that live here. We are, who is going to drive this? And I don't know how these films do in China. I know that the Chinese are staggeringly racist. And so, you know, it's harder to, you know, like this is why Star Wars doesn't do very well in China. It's because it has, you know, too, too much variety in their casting. But uh, and Black Panther did really terribly in in China compared to the rest of Marvel. So, but yeah, I mean, I think one of the two people who was up for like the prime minister, like one of them that they 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 elected the the, uh, the white lady, but the other guy was Indian. And I'm like, oh, that would have been kind of nice, you know. Like, there's so much of their of their of their of their 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 population, you know, comes from that part of the world, you know. And I'm sure there are people in their parliament that are of uh, of that ethnic background, but um, as prime minister, yeah, you know, we we hadn't seen that yet, so that might have been interesting. But that's, I mean, to me, that's all it really is. Is just kind of like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> it's well, that's not important. Thing, it's just interesting. It's, I mean, the best James Bond movies are the ones that they're not about him. They're about a person trying to right a wrong and they prey on the fears of the people in the audience and like what if this sort of technology which we can barely imagine but does exist got out somehow and was being used for a nefarious purpose which is why like the ones where they get really wacky with like mind control and nanobots we don't have those things so that's why we're always kind of like we shrug a little bit like oh i'm really not worried about that but when you talk about space-based weapons on satellites and you talk about nuclear weapons and, and decoder machines, you're like, oh, you know, that would really be bad. <laughs> so you, <laughs> those are more interesting to see what like larger-than-life lunatics would do. And you need a larger-than-life person to combat that. So I don't care that he, you know, he had a rough go of it with his stepbrother. So that's not what I'm watching this for. And you were the one who always brings it up about Mission Impossible movies where you were like, the worst thing they did with that was in the third one was when they gave him his wife. And it became about like having to constantly protect her and yeah. keep her shielded from things. Like it's just this drag on him and the other movies where it's like, I, I don't want to watch him worry about one person all the time when he's trying to save, you know, a, a, an entire town or a village or something. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it would do the movie any favors for them to focus too much on who he is because who he is is, you know, it's not like it's not important, but if he's not someone that you can can aspire to be, then you're not going to have the same sort of reaction to the character, which is, 
you know, men want to be him, women want to be with him. That was the thing. And, you know, if you focus too much on, on who he is, that won't happen. And so you'll, you'll have a very different movie with the same character name, but I, I guess I just wonder, should, should we stop? <laughs> it's like, and my, my, you know, hip check reaction, well, no, we can make more of these and they're fun. They're, this is a good thing. But like, I wonder like if the whole thing has kind of run its course and we'll, you know, we'll keep talking yeah. about this as we keep, we've still got like tell. seven more films to go before we're done with this, with this series. You know, I was telling my friend, I, cause I texted him last night. I was like, I did it. I watched all the bond movies. And he was like, what'd you think? I was like, I would describe them as very uneven. <laughs> so, some are very good. Some of them are not very good. And um, some of them are as boring as all get out, you know, for, for various reasons. And, and the more they sort of stray away from the winning formula, the, the less they work. So it's like, maybe they shouldn't keep doing them over and over. I mean, I love Star Trek, but they've, they've done 900 episodes of Star Trek. Maybe it's time to, to stop <laughs> because you're not getting anything good anymore. The, the law of diminishing returns is hitting harder and harder. So yeah, after 900, I mean, that's a good run. That's a good run. Well, what are, how many Bond movies are there? 30? Something like that? It's close to it? Uh, it's yeah, easy it was, to do. I think Spectre was the 25th. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of these things. So and I, it's really, I mean, you, 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 the last few weeks since, you know, the Queen died, you're thinking about, yeah. you know, all of, like, that's, like, one of the big things was, like, these, you know, historical retrospectives like you know when she began her reign in 1952 this is what the world was like and now it's 70 years later and look at all these things and like you know that's just about as long as james bond has been a thing i forget like maybe it's 60 years and not and, and not 70 but um you know like when the queen was you know crowned there was no such thing as James Bond, but then she got to be in one of the promos for it, you know, a few years ago, which I thought was that was, was was hilarious. And like, you know, the world is a very different place now, and you know, the things that were scaring people in 1961, and the things that are scaring people now, are so different, and you know. I think Mission Impossible gets away with it because they they manage to find those things that are consistent. It's mostly just like crazy guy gets big bomb. That's they can kind of do that over and over again and it pretty much works because they lean into the into the gadgets so hard and to the like the various scenarios. Like that's their their hook is like we're, what's the most insane thing we can find an insurance company to let us do? And Tom will do that. And, you know, it's, you know, their, their formula is a little looser in that regard. They can kind of do, you know, the story can be whatever it needs to be as long as they can get Tom Cruise to jump off of something. Mm-hmm. And these, like, you've, you, you've established so much as, like, this is what James Bond is that, you know, any sort of deviation from that, which might make an interesting movie, 
you know, removes the James Bondness from it. And therefore, you know, people kind of go, well, you know, I don't know if I'd like that. Or, you know, or you end up spending, oh, well, what if we made him black? Like, well, what if you did? Like, it really wouldn't matter. Like, it's not that, ultimately, isn't that important who he is? And so it's like, you know, it's, it makes you, then, then you kind of go, well, like, well, then, then what's the point of any of it? <laughs> if we can't tell interesting stories, because we've done all the, you know, basic ones and the more complex ones make you deviate from your, you know, central premise of of who the guy is. Is it time to pack it in? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you guys have any thoughts about who should be the next James Bond or if there should be a next James Bond, you can let us know on Twitter or Instagram at Three Drinks in Pod. You can tell us on Facebook. You can email us at Three Drinks in Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcasts, leave ratings, reviews, um, buy some merchandise at tpublic.com. Anything else? Uh, no. That's it. That's it. All right. As always, please drink responsibly. We'll talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Yes, you